Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So we've been going through the series. This is one of the last, if not the last. Yeah, uh, we we tried to finish uh, many scriptures. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything further. I was sent. (laughs) And me, I am going to finish my assignment. I have faith that I'm going to finish my assignment here. <laughs> hey, stop scaring me. Uh, so we all know, just a re- quick recap. We're going through the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to tell you and to re- re-echo the things that Apostle was saying. That Hebrews chapter 11 is not a book of faith. It tells you, it gives you a picture of Jesus, just like the rest of the book. From chapter 1, it's talking about Jesus. Until we get to the first. So the author was, you remember, you know that these scriptures were a letter. The Bible is not written in chapters and verses. It was broken down by scholars to help us memorize and to, and, and to study easier. But it was just one letter. So imagine you're reading a letter continuously from chapter 1 to the end. Okay? So that stops it from looking like a separate thing. It is a continuous story of Jesus. Right from the beginning, telling God did not call the angels his son. You remember that? Then he talks about Jesus, the priest. Then it continues all the way until we come to the, chapter 11, where the author seems to have gone sort of on the side and talks about faith, now faith. But it's still about Jesus. And the thing that hit me yesterday is that if you have Jesus, you have faith. So it sounds obvious, but there are many people who have Jesus and they live a carnal life. Hmm? You have Jesus. And you live a carnal life. So, the other day, Apostle was giving an example of becoming another man. When he was talking about Saul. When Saul went down with a group of prophets. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Saul. And he became another man. That is one of the MC lives. And he gave an example of Lionel Messi. For those of you who are football fans. Now, since you're all looking at me like that. Let me give another non-football example. That I gave at somewhere. Now imagine for a moment with me Imagine with me Are you imagining That the king of England King Charles In a power given to him as king Abdicates And says I now Transfer the throne To pastor Glory (laughs) Huh? By the way, this Pastor Glory that you see here. Are you seeing her? The minute the royal seal is put on that piece of paper, her life changes. Her life changes. The letter is in the UK. But her life immediately starts changing. All of a sudden, there are going to be sirens coming to this place. There will be soldiers running here. Do you understand? 
all of a sudden you can't high five Pastor Glory. Eh? All of a sudden she has to be composed. All of a sudden her bank account looks different. Guess something else. Here's something else that her name will change. Her name will change. She can't be Queen Glory. She will have to choose the name of a royal. Her wedding will be different. She will become another woman. Not the one you have known. Not the one who came this morning. She will become another woman. Her entire life of her family, it will all change. That's what an encounter with Jesus will do to you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and the Bible says you will become another man, unknown to the previous. Oh yes. I'm trying to build your faith. I'm trying to show you how a normal man called Abraham, going about his business in Haran, God appears to him and says, follow me. Come and I take you to our land. He becomes another man. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you today that as you leave these doors, desire in your heart to live different. Because we can't contend with life. Do you know life was not meant for contending? That's the curse of Abraham, that of Adam. The curse of Adam was that from the sweat of his brow, he will eat bread. Mm. Do you know you can't plant bread? You know you can't plant bread. That means you need bread every day. You can't sow bread so that you can have tomorrow. The sweat of today is for the bread of today. The sweat of tomorrow is for the bread of tomorrow. That is the curse of Abraham. Let me, let me, let me, let me just give, it, let me give you a context. You see, on average, you see, you, you will retire at what, 60? Yeah, 60 is a retirement age. So for 60 years of your life without Jesus, eh, 60 years is for toiling for bread. What a sad story. The, day, the years you have of bliss and enjoyment and fun are exactly two. One, two. Your first birthday and your second birthday. Those are your blissful years. Yeah. Because after that, you're quickly shoved into the system of sweat. It's called school. Yeah, because without school, you can't get a job. Without a job, you can't get to sweat. Yeah, and without sweat, you will not have bread. That is the sad life many people have, have succumbed to. You wake up early, you go back late, all vanity. As, as Solomon says, that is the curse of Adam. Imagine working, working, working. You go to school, you cram what you get out, you go with a brown envelope, you look for jobs to get a job that pays you less than half of what you expect and you toil and you toil and you toil. Then when you're 60, they give you another brown envelope saying thank you, bye. Your retirement. Then they give you some small little money here saying that this is your NSSF. You, you're confused on what to do about it. You try a chicken business, it fails. You do what? 
and then after four or five years it is all lost then you start disturbing your children oh can i have the grandchildren please i want to spend time with them you don't visit anymore until the one day they tell them they tell your children that they passed vanity what a life but jesus but jesus he neutralizes the curse of adam because cursed is the one who hangs on a tree and he absorbs that curse and gives you a life i have come that you may have life and have more abundantly that abundant life we have it through faith and so when we read about these patriarchs whether it is abel whether it is Enoch, whether it is Noah and Abraham, that is why we are reading about them. That is why we are reading about them. Because these men of faith decided to obey Jesus. To obey the instruction of God and live a life of significance. And a life of significance is by faith. It is by faith. If you believe in what you can see, you have settled for so much less. You have settled for so much less that's why abram was told to a land i will show you he was not told where they, god didn't drop a pin and say i'm going to take you here no it's like get up from your father's house let us go to a land i will show you why because it's faith it says without faith we cannot please god you see faith is not a nice thing to have faith is the only thing you can relate to god with how many have seen god Let's no, be, like, <laughs> yeah. I remember. I'm, I'm reminded of a testimony that um, Brother Kenneth Copeland was giving, and he was and he was complaining to God. He's like, even me, I want those radical expressions of faith. You know, those miracle things, and those are good. But I want. I, he was so he was so adamant about it until God spoke to him and says, "Do you know if I give you this supernatural experience?" you will lose faith because a supernatural experience speaks to your senses yeah it's to your soul and anything that feeds your soul to the degree that the overhaul of the holy spirit you you can easily get addicted to no you you don't look at do you know the do you know the holy spirit is so powerful that if you experience him that's why people shake that's why people laugh that's why people cry because it's such a powerful emotional experience but then what happens next what happens next you go back without faith you come back yearning for the same experience you go you're not doing anything about it because faith without works is dead that's why the people we read about there was few of them shook few of them rolled they didn't have the holy spirit then they just they, they only had faith only they just had to believe and so when abraham comes and says you know let's go you know i, I like playing this in my mind in a, in a form of a movie because you can imagine abraham is there abraham he's there minding his own business taking care of his he had some possessions because he left with something and then he gets a sense that someone is speaking to me he's like or he gets like some of the few ways which God speaks to me is through an impression on, on my spirit. And that's actually one of my most vivid um, experiences, supernatural experiences, 
has been on the most trivial thing. I was in the kitchen at some point and I was making myself some coffee and then I cut a piece of milk, the, the, the milk packet, left the paper there and I was walking away and I was like, someone is going to come and clean this, right? Yeah, there are people in the house, they'll come and clean it. As I was leaving, something in me told me, go and put the paper in the dustbin. It's a small piece of paper like this. Go put the paper in the dustbin. And I was like, someone's going to clean it. As in, I was arguing in my head. It was so strong and nagging. I said, you know what, eh? let me go. So grudgingly, I picked the paper, put it in the dustbin, and as I was walking away, these were the words I had. It's like, now I can use you. I almost cried. Now I can use you. Obedience. That's how God is speaking to some of us. But sometimes we don't listen. We don't recognize. Sometimes God speaks through a dream. That do you know that the, the, the wealthiest man that has ever lived, Solomon, do you know his supernatural experience was a dream? We read the scriptures and we think that God appeared to him physically after. No, it was a dream. He woke up in the morning. He woke up. After burning a thousand sacrifices, he went to bed to sleep. Then he had a dream, then woke up. But what he did when he woke up is what separates people who have dreams and faith and people who do not. He went and sacrificed. He took the dream literally. It's like God has spoken to me. Faith. He believed that God spoke to me. Then you can imagine his conversation with his people. It's like, now we are going to burn a sacrifice. It's like, um, we just did a thousand last night. It's like, no, no, no. Something has changed. Something has changed. And so he burns sacrifices and supernaturally things start happening. But it was a dream. It was a dream. How, how, how do you take your dreams? But that's a someone for another time. So faith. Abraham is there. He hears this voice. And is like, go to a place I'll show you. So he has to convince Sarah. <laughs> somehow. Yeah? And his whole household. And his parents says, I'm leaving. And like going where? Um, ha. <laughs> I'm going to find out. Like what? <laughs> I let you know, Nairich. Do you know? Do you know? Even as we go through this scripture, one of the things that hit me, we, most of us, know Abraham for he. We know him as a father of faith. But do you know the event that you recalled of his faith, sacrificing Isaac. That's not how Hebrews 11 remembers him. The first record of Abraham is obedience to a voice. Go. That is the first record of Abraham's faith. Not his obedience to sacrifice Isaac. That one was a maturity of his faith. He couldn't sacrifice a son he didn't have if he was not trusting the voice that's telling him to go. Now, I think I'm hoping you see that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You must believe. Friends, we must believe. Otherwise, life is so meaningless to wake up in the morning, go back to bed, and just continue in that cycle, only waiting to be buried.
there, there must be more and this thing called the word of God because another thing that we remember meanwhile I'm still recapping because <laughs> no, because I remembered something in the recap the word you know one of the first things is like the worlds were framed Hebrews chapter 1 verse, uh, chapter 11 verse 1 by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God now again everything that happened from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to the end chapter 2 all this by faith do you know that even Jesus himself had to have faith even Jesus and the reason is is that even though his birth was supernatural even though his life was supernatural the lack of miracles between age 0 and age 30 show me something think about it if you have faith you're able to do these miraculous things but even Jesus he needed to rely on the word he needed to rely on the word until the word met the Holy Spirit at his anointing at the, at the, at the, at the, the, the river Jordan that's when there was power that's when there was power because imagine the spirit of the God Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 the spirit of, the God, of, of God was hovering over the waters nothing was happening the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and nothing happened God got up and said let there be so when the word met the spirit there was creation that's why we say you must memorize the scriptures because when the prophet comes and speaks and you don't have a word sown in your heart it passes by that's why in chronicles second chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 it says you shall be established by the word of the lord and you shall prosper by the word of the prophet that prophetic word is like water on a seed i digress i am just showing us something but by faith the world was framed i need to get to abraham <laughs> i need to get to abraham so hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 we're going to read it together and says by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place in which he would receive an inheritance then he went and, and he went out not knowing where he was going wow by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a, as a foreign country dwelling in tents with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he waited for the city which was whose foundations whose builder was is the maker is god uh-huh that's verse 10 by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child and when she was past the age she, uh, because she judged him as faithful who had the promise I think let's stop there for now verse 8 by faith Abraham obeyed and when he called when he was called to go out to a place and he found the, which he would receive as an inheritance and went out not knowing where he was going you see, the Bible records, the, 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 the information in the Bible is very critical. Not knowing, there's a reason why that, that explanation is there. Because he didn't know. He didn't know. He had to believe 
the voice in his head. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. Let's read that. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Yes, now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I found out something very interesting. Can we go to verse 4? If you can get to... uh, Aha. Verse 4. Verse 4. Wait, before you read. You know, when it's talking about Abraham, this is the key. Let's read it together. So Abraham departed as the Lord spoke, had spoken to him, and Lot with him, and Abraham and 75, was well, 75 years when he divided from Haram. Haram. Verse 4 is the key. Because you can hear the voice, but what do you do about it? So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Abraham departed. That, that verse right there is why we are reading about him in Hebrews. He acted. That is what gave, made him the father of our faith. That's why even us having faith in that promise that God spoke to Abraham, uh, to Abraham Do you know that the promise we have that talks about in uh, Ephesians chapter 3? I think verse 8. Do we have Ephesians 3 8? Sorry, it's Galatians. Sorry, it's Galatians 3 8. Sorry, Galatians 3 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith. Preached to who? To Abraham, saying, In you. All the nations shall be blessed. Do you know we as, as Gentiles, we're not Jews. Is there any Jews in the house? Okay. I'm preaching to the right crowd. We as Gentiles, we have an inheritance in Abraham's promise, which would have been meaningless without Genesis chapter 12 verse 4. Because it didn't matter what God told him. It mattered what he did about it. Obedience. Faith is obedience. Friends, faith is obedience. Faith is saying yes, even when you don't know how it's going to turn out. Because we have, because you see, there is an entire field called science where things must be researched to be, to be believed. The reason you know about monocotyledons, diacotyledons, uh, tester, what, what else? <laughs> Biology class. Eh? Uh, I threw a curveball there. <laughs> yeah, the reason we, we have the reason we learned that in school is so that you believe that when you put a seed in the ground, it will it will germinate, right? So science is working backwards. How do you know the seed can can germinate? You put it in the ground. <laughs> you get and guess what farmers I don't know farmers who have PhD in agriculture 
I don't know. Me personally, for you, you may know. Me personally, I don't know a farmer who has a PhD in, in, in agriculture. But I know very wealthy farmers. Many of whom, it was maybe one degree, some even no degree. Because they just simply practice the principle. Put the seed in the ground, put a lot of them, guess what? A lot of fruit. Faith. If there is any profession that is hinged and solely built on faith, it's farming. Yeah. You tell me how a seed, which is one, okay, barely grams, okay, put it in the ground, and after some time, you harvest watermelons that are kilograms. You tell me how that works. You explain that to me. But we don't doubt the sweet, juicy taste of a watermelon. No one doubts it. You understand? By faith. It's by faith. Because you blindly put the seed in the ground, hoping and praying. I've never seen a sad farmer. They're digging and they're crying. Oh, you get Because they saw in hope. They saw in hope. That's why hope is the, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You're hoping for a harvest. You're not seeing it. So you're putting a seed in the ground, hoping that you will see the fruit. Farming is by faith. It says Abraham went, was sent to a foreign land. He was sent, so he had to leave. For God's promise to be fulfilled in Abraham, his inheritance was not in his father's house. Abraham's inheritance was not in his father's house. It was too small. Meanwhile, Abraham was wealthy. I don't want us to get confused. Abraham was wealthy. But to God, God was seeing nations. God was seeing nations. And he was not going to have it in his father's house. He couldn't rely on his father's inheritance. For some of you, for many of you actually, your inheritance is not in your father's house, biological. Yeah, that's true. It is true. Papa Blesso, is, is your father a preacher of thousands? I have, you have given us the answer. Is your spiritual father a preacher of thousands? Has the example made sense? His inheritance. <laughs> his father has never preached. But his spiritual father is preaching even now. His spiritual father is a pastor of thousands. Papa Blesso is a pastor of thousands. His inheritance is not in his father's house, but in his spiritual father's house. In a land which was promised for him. He left. He left all that he knew. He left his mother and father to follow God's anointed servant. And he has made him inherit something that his father could not make him inherit. Hallelujah. By faith, verse 9 and 10. By faith, 
he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob their heirs with him of the same promise for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God wow he dealt in a foreign land as with as 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 in a tent he was a pilgrim remember he dwelt they dwelt in tents and then there's a parallel here i want us to see something meanwhile in all this there is a picture of jesus in all this there's a picture of jesus because jesus had to leave his father's house in heaven and come to his promised land which is which is his inheritance and his inheritance is in us. Do you know that you are the, you are Jesus's inheritance? Yes. Oh, I'm going to show you. Tell your neighbor he's coming. He's coming. John chapter one verse fourteen. John chapter one, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of one begotten of the Father full of grace and truth the word became flesh and dwelt among us abraham left his father and dwelt in the land of promise it's always a picture it's a picture of jesus amen and also we see that the thing about dwelling in tents also reminded me of of the scripture in um I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2nd Corinthians, yes. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but in the heavens. Verse 2. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been, not, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in, the, in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed. No, but Father, clothed, but mortality may be swallowed up by life. Yeah? Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Just go back to verse 4 and I'll show you something about the Adamic curse. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up in life. Without Jesus, mortality is your portion. You are burdened daily. You are groaning daily. But with Jesus, that mortality is swallowed up with life that you're continuously being renewed your body by the way you see your body can be renewed we're going to read about sarah when sarah was 70 plus 90 plus kings got confused <laughs> huh? kings now i want you to know something that i'm jumping the gun i'll come there let's first finish this mortal body Christ, who had an eternal body. Christ, who was there at the beginning, who created heaven and earth. 
had to be condensed into a mortal body that ages that gets tired it's a tent compared to the heavenly body that can walk through walls that can teleport this tent it's a limitation I was telling some people that you see we need to graduate and apostle has been belaboring this point but I think I got it he says that you're, you're going to get wealth because that's one of the measures we, we use for an abundant life. When I say abundant life, some of you see dollar amounts. Some of you see houses, which are a factor of money. But the wealth of God is beyond that. It is beyond money. Money is a very small means to an end. And I gave the example of this. Imagine you can pray for someone with cancer and they get healed. If medicine is to do that, it needs many years and trillions of dollars. So what the Holy Spirit does in an instant is worth trillions of dollars and years. Are you seeing the wealth? Because there are some people who die, not for lack of medicine, but for lack of money to buy the medicine. Do you know that there are some people? Now, poverty has lowered them to that level. Let's, let's take another example. Let's say you need to travel to somewhere. Let's say Nairobi. Okay? You can go there with a bicycle. You will get there. Okay? <laughs> and, uh, and by the time you choose that, you're at a certain wealth level. And I'm not, uh, you know, shooting anyone. Just look at the cross. Then, you can graduate. Then you, you start practicing wealth principles. You then go to a border. You still get to Nairobi, but in a different state. Then you graduate, you get a wish, a car, Toyota wish. Hallelujah. Yeah, you get to Nairobi faster than the bicycle, more comfortable than the bicycle. Yeah, but then there's a Rolls Royce. All of them are factors of money, right? Then there is a plane. You can take a KQ and land in Nairobi feeling fresh. You can even, even in the KQ, you can start from behind and move in front. Eh? And you get there in a different state. And then you can move to another level where you don't need a KQ. It, is, it says Quaker on the side. Eh? <laughs> and then you, you decide when you want to go. You don't have to look at someone else's schedule. You decide that I can leave Uganda at this time and I will get to Nairobi at this time. It is yours. All a factor of wealth. Now, do you know there is something beyond that? That, is, that has biblical anchors. You can just wish yourself there and you are there. You, you, like Philip. Yeah, you just decide and you are there. By the way, I am building your faith by right now. These are things that the Bible prescribes that we have access to. And you know, in that latter, it, it now, you're, when you're operating at that level, it doesn't matter whether you have money in the account or not. Because these are a means to an end. Yeah. So you have wealth you know not of if you're simply counting in Uganda shillings. That's why Jesus, when he needs to pay taxes, it comes out of a fish. Because his wealth is at a different level. When he needs to eat, he commands a tree. That's Adamic wealth. Do you know that Adam would 
do you know, in my imagination, when Adam was given, as when he says all these fruits are available, everything in Eden was for Adam. It was for him. And so even Jesus, he, he, I think he had a moment of Adamic confusion when he got to the fig tree. He's like, where is the fruit? Because Adam would command trees and the fruit would be there. And so it was an anomaly to Jesus that this thing was defying him. That's why it was cursed. His level was different. That's why you have healing. So when you're reading, look at this. When you're reading the healing pack or the wealth pack, you are aligning your body to that level of wealth. You are aligning yourself to what God has already prescribed for you. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for mere shillings. Those ones you will have. Apply these principles. So when you say Sarah had, you know, I need to get to Sarah first. Wait. <laughs> you people, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. I need to end this sermon very quickly. Eh? Time is my friend. That's why you need a body that is engulfed in life. That's why Enoch could walk with God until he was no more. We learned that last the other week. Yeah. Are you seeing the level of operation? And all of that is by faith. How did he get access to that power? He simply believed that he was pleasing to God. Believing that you're pleasing to God can unlock so much power. And when you compare yourself, you see this, these things in the Bible are stories not for us to be wowed. You know? This is, it's, it's not a, a, you know, I don't know. It's, we're not for wowing like a fancy building. No. The reason we are seeing that faith is about Jesus is because if you have Jesus, you have all the faith you need. All the faith of Abel to, to manifest your first fruit. You have all the faith of Enoch to walk in perfect health and translation. You have the faith of Noah to be the rest the one who eases your community from the toil that they were succumbed to. The, uh, the, anoint, the faith of Noah to build a church that saves the community from this world. You have the faith of Abraham to obey your pastor when he says, start that MC. Because you don't know, you don't know that your promised land is in starting that MC. That your promised land is receiving Christ. That is your promised land. That's why we read these things. It's not for us to say, oh, wow, oh, Bambi, good for them. No, it is to show you what you have. It is to show you what is possible. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. I'm almost finishing. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child. And when she was past the age, because she judged him, as faithful who had promised. Now just think about that. <laughs> Do we have time to go into this? Faith will give you strength to conceive seed. Faith will give you strength to conceive seed. That's the thing that hit me. It takes strength to conceive seed. It takes strength. And how I know is that many of you at one point or another, you had a very big dream or a big idea. Yeah. You had a big idea. Now, imagine 
manifesting that big idea. Hmm? Let me give you mine, because you're looking at me as if I'm, you don't know. So, I had a dream, I still have a dream of building a city. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. I know I'm, I'm doing some small steps in getting there. But now, imagine the strength to receive that dream. That you can build a city. And you receive it until you believe that you actually can build a city. That's why Sarah says she judged God faithful. That regardless of her circumstances, it will happen. That's why it happened. Do you understand? She didn't wait for proof. God, first show me. Yeah? Because it takes a process, which I can't get into right now. We are online. It takes a process. Do you understand? And meanwhile, we are 70 plus 90. We are approaching 90. <laughs> I'm not going to give the example. <laughs> so it takes a process. But even before the process, even the pro- before the process, she had received strength by faith. Let me give you another example. Luke chapter 1 verse 30. Luke chapter 1 verse 30. I want to show you something. Uh, Let's read together. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Next verse. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and and shall call his name Jesus. Next verse. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said, how can this be as I, since I don't know a man? And he says, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is who, who to be born will be called the Son of God. Let's pause there. Imagine someone comes and tells you that's going to be your child. Are you there getting excited, excited, or you're like, how? How? The angel was describing Mary's seed. She was describing Jesus. Imagine you're there, you're a teenager, and someone comes and tells you, this is the seed you bear. How much strength did she need? That's why the angel to comfort her says, the Holy Spirit will come. That is how she got the strength to bear that seed. So it takes faith to bear that powerful seed that God has given you. That's why we celebrate Sarah, our mother. I hope you're seeing something here. So it's never too late, because Sarah was old, by the way. But like I said, no one could tell. <laughs> you know, you know I'll, I'll give you my earlier example. You see, by the time you confuse a king, hmm, your beauty confuses a king. The king who has access to the most beautiful women in his kingdom at will. But yours comes tr- strolling and you're like, first wait. Mm-hmm, young man, first come. You're like, who's that? <laughs> and so... Abraham is like, ha, this is a trick question right here. This is a test. Uh, she's my sister. <laughs> yeah. 
then we end up with a scripture in the healing pack. But <laughs> it's but also that king had an issue. You know, it can't happen to you twice and you don't get the hint. Yeah, because even Isaac's wife confused the same king. Like stay at home anyway. But <laughs> It takes faith to bear the seed. And one of the things, that's why it takes faith to get born again. That's why you declare with your mouth and believe with your heart. Because you're, this Jesus, you're not receiving him by flesh. You're not seeing him there. But you believe that the, past, the seed is sown in your heart of Christ that bears much fruit in your life. It takes faith. And we're going to do an altar call soon. But I want to encourage you, it doesn't take your strength. It doesn't take your logic. I just gave you the example here. Many people bypass the logic of seeds and plant them. At some point, you're going to have to bypass the logic of what will happen, how will they see me, what all those things are fleeting. All those things are fleeting. So when you say you're born again, you have been given the strength to carry that seed of eternal life. Think about it. Eternal life. Knowing that that seed, when you lay your hands on someone, they can get better. That seed that causes you to just get money randomly. You don't believe that or you're not receiving it. It seems you don't want. You have enough money. Hmm? It seems you have enough money. You receive it. Verse 12. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 12. Let's read this together. Therefore, from one man and, he, and him as good as dead were born many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand and which is by the seashore. Because, again, I'm going to give you context. This is the first act of faith that is recorded of Abraham in the book of Hebrews 11. They talk about his obedience with Isaac later in that scripture. But in the scriptures, this is the most pivotal. Because it's through this that you're here. It is through Abraham's faith in receiving the instruction from God that you're here. Because the Gentiles believe by faith. He's the father of the Jews biologically. But he's our father by faith. And so those multitudes who are innumerable as the sand that he's talking about is you. Now here is the thing. Even you can be a father like Abraham. Matthew chapter 28. Let's put that up as we rise up. Matthew 28, 18. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Even you can be a father of nations. All it needs is that you first give your life to Christ. Get into the lineage of Abraham. Get into that nation-building lineage. That lineage that has wealth, like our father Abraham. That lineage that has health, like our mother Sarah. That lineage that has ever just nations, just the building of nations, your opportunity is here and now. 
And so right now, as everyone is praying, I'm going to invite you. If you have never made that commitment, if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not in that lineage of Abraham. All these things that we have been talking about are unfortunately not available to you. But the good news is that you can make that decision today. You can make that decision right now. And so as every person is praying, if you're there and you have never made a conscious decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. Remember, it is not by thinking, it's not by logic. It is by faith. You're, t- you're putting your hand saying, you're putting your hand up saying, I don't know how this is going to end up, but I want Jesus. If you're there, please put your hand up. This is a moment. I'm not going to ask people to who are walking around. Please just stand. This is a very important moment for us. If you're there, just put your hand up and receive Jesus. Oh yes, thank you, my brother. There is a hand here. That is a life that is going to be changed. Yes, there's another hand. I see that hand. So let's give the Lord a mighty clap. This is not a moment. It's not a trivial moment. If you're there, I'm going to ask you to come. Please come. Please come. This is a decision between you and Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Let's encourage them. If you're there, please come forward. Give your life to Jesus. You are joining the lineage of Abraham. The lineage of eternal life. Where the corruptible is made incorruptible. Oh yes. Oh yes. I still have a feeling there are more people out there. There are more people out there. Please, don't delay this decision any further. Don't delay this. Don't don't succumb to the curse of Adam. Don't leave this place the same way you came. Give your life to Jesus. The reason we are all here, the reason we are all celebrating, is because we have given our lives to Jesus. It is in Jesus that we have life. And so if you're there and you've not made that conscious decision to follow Jesus, or if you're not sure, I'm going to ask you to come in front and then we'll pray for you. Amen. Let's let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. Father, we thank you for these people that are here. They're coming. They're coming. I still feel someone is struggling. Don't let the devil win this battle. The devil wants you to go to hell. But Jesus is calling you. Jesus is saying there is hope. Jesus is saying, come to me who are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Someone you're here and you're tired. You've just been tired. Life has just stressed you. Life has sucked out every little ounce of strength from you. Jesus is your refreshment. Jesus is your refreshment. Oh yes, thank you Jesus Thank you for that person who's coming Thank you Let's celebrate Heaven is celebrating right now Even as people give their lives to Christ Heaven is celebrating Don't leave this place regretting Amen Amen, check with your neighbor Let's not take it for granted Check with your neighbor, ask them, are you born again? You know, in this time We are all Liverpool fans tell them can I walk in front with you oh yes thank you Jesus thank you check with your neighbor tell us them let's not thank you Jesus hallelujah oh yes 
ask them are you born again are you born again if they are not sure tell them I can walk with you in front oh yes let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap there are people getting saved there are people making that decision to follow Jesus oh yes the best decision of their lives you are moving from hell to heaven in the mighty name of Jesus from death to life from poverty to wealth oh yes your life will never be the same oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus oh yes oh yes the devil thought he had us the devil thought he had you you're proving him wrong oh yes oh yes there is life there is life there is life we will wait we will wait this is an important decision you don't want to get to your deathbed and regret it oh yes let's celebrate let's celebrate these wonderful wonderful brothers and sisters let me tell you something that I heard Apostle saying oh yes thank you my sister you don't want to get to the crossroads of life and death and regret this moment I think someone needs to hear that you don't want to get to the crossroads of life and death and regret this moment there is an eternity remember this is just a tent we have houses we have buildings when your tent fails you be sure that you have a building be sure you have a building and so is there anyone else anyone else who you're saying take this step of faith and come and join these brave brothers and sisters who have given their lives to Jesus anyone out there okay let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap you're welcome thank you for making the best decision of your life your life is never going to remain the same you are wealthy you are healthy in the mighty name of Jesus and so I'm going to ask you to pray after me we're going to pray a prayer for salvation and you're going to receive Jesus amen, amen. and everyone let's join them so that they don't feel awkward they say heavenly father heavenly father thank you for the gift of Jesus thank you for the gift of Jesus I recognize that he died on the cross for me I thank you because by that sacrifice I thank you because by that sacrifice I am born again. I am born again. I receive him in my heart. I receive him in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. So we celebrate with you heavenly Father. We thank you for these lives. Thank you that their names are written in the book of life and that they have victory. Amen. Celebrate with Jesus, celebrate with heaven. This is a great victory. So, friends, I'm going to ask you to go just with him. We just want to take your name and your number. We want someone to be able to call you through the week. So, just let's celebrate them as they go. Now, friends, if you have Jesus, you have life. If you have Jesus, you have health. And if there is anyone who is sick, if there is any among you who is sick, right now, even as we speak, even as I speak, 
your body is being made well right now that pain is going even right now so i want you to take a step of faith and celebrate in thanksgiving don't wait for the pain to go so that you give jesus thanks it is in your thanksgiving it is in your obedience to instruction oh yes some of you will need to go and get a confirmation from the doctor that the thing is gone let me give you let me give you one faith testimony so there was a time i was preaching here and those who noticed i had a hunky and i was always cleaning my eye you remember that time because there was a swelling in my eye there was a big swelling in my eye and that was pushing against my eye and was giving me a very bad headache and it persisted and the next weekend we were at the nairobi gathering and so i got to pastor chris and i asked him i told him pastor chris this thing is paining and he prayed but the pain was still there and so i spoke with dr emma he prescribed some drugs but then i couldn't go to the pharmacy to get the drugs so the next day pastor chris finds me and says is the thing still there and you could feel it because it's between the inside of my eye was swollen and he said no with this thing is going to go so he prayed over it and the session was starting so as our pastor started preaching so we had to go back inside as he was preaching 30 minutes into his sermon the pain had gone the swelling had gone i went to dr emma who had already checked earlier and felt the swelling and i told him please check and he confirmed the medical doctor confirmed that the swelling had gone i took pictures by the way i have a picture on my phone of the swelling and it was gone so when we say we serve a living god i want you to believe that cancers can go i want you to believe that leukemia can go i want you to believe that blood high blood pressure can go all kidney issues can go liver issues can go lung issues are going right now depression is living clinical depression is living right now in the mighty name of jesus receive your healing you receive with thanksgiving receive it right now in the mighty name of jesus healing is your portion because healing is a children's prayer thank you father for the mighty testimonies that are coming it is in our thanksgiving that we receive it because we are healed right now because we are children of the most high and like our mother Sarah, we shall grow old full of strength because of the faith that we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word because the entrance of your word brings life and brings understanding to the simple. We receive your word in our hearts and it shall bear much fruit in the mighty name of Jesus. Just give the Lord a mighty hand clap. And give. Hallelujah. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.